So we literally so we flew literally our plane flew in our there plane where, in there, you know, there are a bunch, bunch of different enthusiasts, enthusiasts and stuff that fly in from all across the country. This teeny tiny little airport that for this one weekend becomes the busiest airport in the world, even busier than Hartsfield-Jackson, which is really, really cool to see. And then we fly here. Well, we're recording. This is the pod. I don't know where exactly this is going to go because we haven't officially, you know, started it. Yeah. I started started recording because we nah, it's cool. Nah, it's cool. I'll save that. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. Because okay. there's more to discuss. There's more to talk about. Yeah. Also, real quick, real quick. I'm not. We, I can put this. I might put this on the pod or maybe cut it out. But but real quick, man, Hershey, you remember that one time we went to that air show in Decatur? Yes. And somebody crashed. Yeah, dude. Yes. We saw the flame. Somebody crashed at the one. I don't want to tell. I'm gonna get to the story, bro. Spoiler. We 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 have a very special guest in the building, though. Yes. Very special guest. Oh. Yes. We got. What's good? What do you got to say? Mommy in the building, Taylor. Hello. Hello. H5, what's up, man? What's up, man? Nothing. That's that's all you got. That's all you got. Okay. He says few words, but he shakes. No, he's he's making a face that just says like a lot, though. It's like very profound. Wow. He's a deep thinker. Where's my PlayStation Five? I'm number five. What's good? What's good? Yeah, they say you want your own PS Five. Is that what you need, son? Okay. Tell Taylor I said what's up. And congratulations. Congrats to all of us once again. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Coming in to say hello on the podcast. Um, do you have anything you want to show right now, son? Anything you're selling? You got a lemonade stand? You know, we just opened up a 529 for you. You know, what other things? Oh, let's go. Let's go. These are important conversations we're going to get into on this podcast. So, how's that diaper, H5? Your uncle Will said, "How's that diaper?" H5 ain't worried about no diapers, man. H4 gonna take care of it. Really not. Yo, let me tell you, man. We we've been in a phase with Willow where. Ooh, these diapers Ooh, these have diapers been real have lately. Been I don't, I'm sorry. I'm she probably sorry. gonna she probably be like, "You putting all my business out there later?" Out you know, when she's old enough to hear this. But man, I'm talking these diapers. See, bro, she's about to come after you. Yeah, she's. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you, girl. Bro, I think that's a great place to start. Let's go ahead and get it started. We we already been talking shit. You heard it here first. Uh, we finally made it. Welcome to RTBTH. Real talk beyond the headlines. Uh, it's about to get real. Welcome back to the podcast. This is hashtag RTBTH. Real talk beyond the headlines. You know, hopping back on the mic, man. We got some realness to talk about today. Podcast super co-host Herschel with us. Yes, Returning sir. guest, the basketball expert, Will hey, B. Hey, thanks for having me back, fellas. Yeah, man. We have a bit a... of a different role this time, I guess. <laughs> hey, we can, we, we can definitely get into some basketball towards the end, but, uh, you know, yeah, different role. Um. The, the lineage of us three on the podcast is growing, so I'm glad that we can, you know, link up and have a chat. Um, but first, I want to say, you know, 
in the history of RTBTH, we've had a lot of monikers, and I have a new one that I'm going to un- uh, unveil right now. But let me first go back into the history a little bit. All right, so we have the basketball expert, Will. Uh, we had the basketball prince who hopped on the pod for a few episodes at one point. And, uh, you know, we have the football expert, which was in Herschel's wedding, Raquan. Uh, big shots of Raquan. We have, obviously, the instigator and the investigator himself, Ehi. Um, the official third co-host of RTBTH. We also have the West Coast Connection. Um, you know, so our boys, Ari and Jay in, in, in California and L.A., you know, uh, and then Ari, of course, is the K-O-H-T, the king of hot takes. Um, and, and then we also have the travel expert. Justin was good. <laughs> Yo, we got hella dudes. Obviously, we got the, uh, you know, the producer, Justin Blackman Productions. Salute. Who made our uh, introduction music? Um, Shout out to Shoot, Justin. I'm trying to think. Is there any? Is there any other? Any Did other? Did you salute G Day? We had G Day on for a little bit. Yeah, well, salute to G Day. Yeah, um, rest in peace to my dog. Rest in peace to the dog. Rest in peace too. Yeah. Also, exactly. real quick, you know, our first podcast wasn't with G Day, but the first podcast that's in our feed because. I think some shit got screwed up is the one with G day. So the very first podcast, if you want to get to know the brother, go to it, check it out. So I'm unveiling a new moniker as specifically a faction in RTBTH, a faction of personalities. We have so many great personalities on RTBTH and we have two, well, not new personalities, but a new faction of two personalities, which is the RTBTH pod fathers. Welcome. What's good fellas. Yeah. Yo. Tune is hey, exciting to be us. here. Yes. Uh, I know as a co-host, I'm here, you know, most of the time anyway. But <laughs> in this new role, it is definitely very exciting. For the fans, I do want to let y'all know, uh, I am the novice podfather in this regard. Uh, so that's why we also have the basketball expert, Will, to come on, provide his additional perspective. You know, he's a very seasoned veteran of seven months. Seven months. Pod the, the senior podfather. <laughs> you know, eventually, you know, we'll, we'll get some more, you know, maybe older dads or we'll be older dads by that point, you know, have yeah. more, it takes more perspective. But I think it's really interesting to bro- provide some of these insights to, you know, young black fathers out here uh, or potential fathers, uh, you know, stuff that we experienced, stuff that they didn't tell us uh, that, you know, I feel like we should have known or, you know, Stuff, stuff that you kind of can't even be told because you kind of have to experience it and go through it and then, you know, just share our perspective. I think that's really important to uh, us as a people. So without any further ado, um, I would love to get into it. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think we've officially said it, but I think it's been implied, obviously. And we had a special guest on the podcast just five minutes ago. Uh, but what actually are we talking about today, Podfathers? Will, if you want to make your announcement. Well... Um, as you know, I am a pie father now because, um, my wife and I, Amber, we welcomed Willow, uh, our baby girl on June 30th. Yeah. Yeah. Air horns, all that. Yeah. June 30th, uh, 23. So she just made seven months a few days ago. Um, you know, all kinds of new milestones going around and the last seven months have been, you know, just the best, the best of my life. So. I'm here to share about it, um, you know, here to learn, too, because, um, you know, that's what it's about, you know, building up this this little community of, of black fatherhood. Yo, yo. So you said June 30th. So she has a six 
in her birthday, which is for the late, great, and powerful Bill Russell. 30 for Steph Curry. And mm. then 23 for LeBron, of course. Not that other guy. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the disrespect. The greatness. But uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if that somehow portends uh, what Willow has in her future. You know, pulling up from half yeah. court, perhaps. Who dreams? Well, you know, um, our producer, Justin Blackman, has blessed her with her first basketball already. And um, I can show you guys Love a it. picture of her. You know, she she really took to it immediately. So, you know, who knows what's in the cards, man? Who knows? <laughs> oh, know, yeah. We're going to see. I'm, sh- I'm sure y'all have seen that picture of LeBron at Christmas uh, where it's like the best investment ever where he gets like a, a basketball goal as like a five-year-old or something. Um, yeah, we're, we're hoping for those same dreams for Willow. That's lovely. But yo, so you first off mentioned one thing um, before I even get into my spiel. Salute to the moms. Um, yeah. You know, that's very important here. Obviously, we're the pod fathers coming out here discussing, you know, our perspectives and things. But none of what we have to say can amount to what the moms have had to put their bodies through, their minds through. You know, I, I mean, we could talk a whole podcast, I'm sure, just on that alone. But, you know, we just wanted to off rip say salute, you know. Appreciate y'all for holding it down. Um, my wife right now is watching the baby uh, as it is. So just, you know, without further ado, we had our child a little over a month ago, a month and five days. So he's still fresh out the pack, man. It's crazy. That is crazy. Sm- yes. He still has that newborn baby smell. <laughs> it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So what's uh, the birthday? Uh, 12, 29, 2023. Just snuck in before the new year. Um, I'll get into how all that happened in a few minutes. Um, because it was, um, I think we know how it happened you know, before before we <laughs> had anticipated. But uh, you know, modern medicine is crazy. Salute to the doctors as well. But they they blessed us with a beautiful, healthy baby boy. So, so very excited. So first things first, uh, we were having some uh, pre podcast discussion, and Will, you were talking about something that I've also experienced in kind of different regards, and the shit is crazy. Quite literally, the shit. Is crazy. Um, we're going to talk about dirty diapers. Just offer it, you know. So what, well, what were your I, I just want to first of all, I just want to go ahead and jump in and say I ain't never seen such so many diapers in one place when I went to Herschel's crib in December. <laughs> it was like a mountain. I'm like, bro, like the baby's not even <laughs> here yet. But Will was oh. like, nope, that's you know, Will was like, you don't even have enough yet. Just go ahead and just keep stacking them, <laughs> stacking them. Bro, so they go through them things, man. And uh, yeah, man. It's an experience because, like, I remember. So when when Willow was about age five's age, like the diapers didn't stink that bad yet, and I didn't know that. Like that they come out because they're only drinking like breast milk. They're getting all the nutrients out, so poops are just it's just poop. It's like perfectly fine. It doesn't smell. I don't know. Maybe Herschel can tell different, but yeah, yeah. He, maybe he's got gotten to a new phase in that. But yeah, I remember at first, like the first few weeks or whatever, or a um, month. They weren't stinky, and then one day it just smelled <laughs> like a grown woman had come in this house. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of where we are now, man. It's uh, is she doing solid foods yet? Was it was it any yeah, kind of change yeah. in so, diet? You know, yeah, the diet changes. So she, at, right right around six months, she started solid foods. So that's been fun too, like just watching her try new things. But yeah, those 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 diapers start to change along with that. So you know, and how many times a day would you say that uh, you're changing? you know, one of the dirtiest of diapers? Um, she gives, she gives a good four maybe. And like two of those are like 
real. Like we <laughs> we've had a record number of blowouts here. I don't know if everybody knows what a blowout is, but that's where the poop is so voluminous and forceful that it, it forces itself out of the diaper into the clothes and, Whoa. and, and sometimes surrounding materials, you know. God Yo, y'all are going to have to uh, switch up the conversation if you want to convince any young brothers out there to have families. <laughs> Listen, it's not so bad. It really is it's not, not so, so bad. It really isn't, bro. It's I'm crazy. This is how you know how much you love these kids because you see that you're not you're not as phased as you think. Like you're like, oh, let me let me get them cleaned up. Oh man, you you you. And um, yeah, Willow has some thoughts on that as well, as you can hear. Well, she but heard yeah, she was know. talking that shit. <laughs> literally. Well, yeah, literally. She did. She did. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Well, hold, that's when you. That's also when you realize how much you love them because you're like, I'm cleaning shit off of clothes, off of possibly me, them, and like, I'm okay because I just want to take care of them. So it's kind of weird in that way. H five has also been having some of the dirtiest of diapers I've ever seen, but we have probably the other end of the spectrum where his frequency is not that much. Um, and we, it's it's really like. You know, every couple of days now at this mm. point where we'll see a poop. But the thing is, when he poops, the volume of poop is for sure like, oh, nah, y'all going to know, you know, what time it is. We actually only have had one blowout. But what will happen is he'll poop and I'll be like, oh, OK, I can smell you pooped. Let's go change. And then he's like, nah, I'm not done yet. Even though it's already a lot of poop there. And I'm like mid diaper change. He's like, no, 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 no. There's more to this. And I'm like swapping out diapers and, and we'll end up going through two or three. And it's, it's to the point where like. You know, yes, you you want them to be finished and comfortable. You don't want them sitting in poop at all. You don't want it spreading around and stuff. But I'll be like, damn, I just went through five diapers in this five minute segment right here, just trying to catch, you know, damn soft serve coming out, my man. What's what's going on? <laughs> it, this shit is crazy. This shit is literally crazy. And at this stage, you know, it is good. It's part of the metabolism. We've you know made sure to talk to the doctor. They were like, yeah, you know, the frequency obviously varies. All babies are for sure different. So. You know, even on this podcast, I wanted to express whatever we're experiencing is going to be different from what other people end up experiencing for sure, which again is why it's important to share your own, you know, thoughts and feelings about, okay, you know, how did this make you feel and stuff? But just like, you know, Will said, the love that you kind of have, like, oh man, you know, it's three in the morning. Damn, can't he can't just sit in this for just a little bit, like maybe another hour? Uh-uh. No. You know, you you want to get you you're more enticed to get up and make sure that he's comfortable or she's comfortable more than anything else. It is a crazy switch almost that gets flipped. This kind of leads into some of my next point of like, you know, when you know a woman is pregnant, generally, unless it is truly a surprise, you have that eight or nine months really to kind of come to grips with the fact that like, oh, something is going down. You don't really. You, yeah. you, it's very hard to fathom before the end that, you know, a, a new person is going to be here that you are responsible for and have to take care of. But you do have a, a kind of a timeline, like a, 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 a runway of like, okay, something is about to happen. Let me try to get my mind right. You're never, your mind is never right. Even when they pop out, it's like, nah, this is, you know, unfathomable. But I do think that, you know, in the biological time frame that you get to to really just kind of come to grips your own you know male hormones that are going on preparing you for what it is that you have to undertake i think it's all truly a blessing like if it were like overnight i think you know we'd all be losing our minds but will you what's your take right yeah yeah thank god we get we get those nine months because i'm glad you mentioned that because yeah the the male experience during that pregnancy has a lot of i mean of course it's not like the mothers but it has, we, you know, we have some of that overlap, some, some, some hormonal things going on. 
and just like psychological, you know, like during while while Amber was pregnant, I was I was hustling, man. I, I got a new job. We were getting a new house. Uh, you know, we were moving. I had to rehome my dog, you know, like we had, you know, I had to really get ready, like mentally, tried to physically, <laughs> had to get the pockets ready, all that, you know. So yeah, man, it's it's like women, they say they go through like this nesting phase where they're where they're getting everything ready, like in the three months prior. I think we kind of do the same thing, like on a different scale, maybe different areas of our life. But yeah, it's definitely, definitely a lot of, a lot of change, a lot of prep going on. I know I shared the book or a book or two that I was reading, you know, during that yep. time with you. So yeah, man, that was, that was a, that was a special time. I don't think you could ever be ready, but it's, it's definitely great to, you know, start walking in that direction. You know, men do have one thing going for them. Uh, and by the way, if you guys haven't uh, found out by now, I'm kind of mostly here for comedic relief. <laughs> so, you know, I don't have a child. But uh, one, what men do have one thing going for them, which is whiskey and beer, which is why I propose <laughs> for all men in the earth, on the, in the world, to cease alcohol use during the pregnancies of their wives and partners. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, th yes. That's that's. That yes. is a thing that you can try, you know, a, a combined abstinence, because, of course, you know, the mother can't drink during the time. There are. That's that's hard. So we can, didn't can do that. You, can you gentlemen commit to that now? I would. So I, let, oh, let's discuss. That's a good I point. did a partial version. OK, like, what'd you do? You know, like if we were out, I would I would in solidarity, you know, not drink with her. But then there were times where she would be like, no, go ahead and get a drink, you know, because like one of us should have fun. And then, you know, she would be like, let me smell it. <laughs> yes just to just to remember <laughs> what it was like and i felt bad in those times but hey you know we're in this together watch okay. me imbibe you know and you 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 know i'm doing this for you will setting the you. standards no that's a great point will um and i think you know more than anything it, it comes down to that communication obviously people have their own vices and and different things different levels I, you know i don't think you should be out here belligerent while your wife is you know not <laughs> able to do anything at all but, you know, being able to share in that, my wife as well was like, oh, yeah, let me, what would that smell like? Well, you know, I, I remember those <laughs> yeah. days. We, we used to be turning up. But, you know, uh, for, of course, the health of the child, they can't. I tried to cut back on what I was drinking. It would only be pretty much like social if you know, I was with you guys even or, you know, other friends, other, some other significant social activity where it's like, okay, this makes sense for, you know, at least one of us to be uh, enjoying some libations. But for the most part, uh, yeah, I, I was cutting back. And even now after the fact, uh, so after a month out, we got a chance to have our first date night out. Uh, salute to the grandparentals for watching H5 uh, so that we could go out and watch a movie, uh, uh, that movie, American Fiction. Y'all go out and watch it. It is a great film. Very, very funny, um, especially for our black intellectual audience. It's, you know, it's not going to make you angry in the way that, you know, James Baldwin kind of says, you know, as an intelligent black man in America, you're going to be angry. It is, it is what it is. But it plays on a lot of those things. Um, it has, uh, I don't know if y'all have ever seen like Hollywood Shuffle. It's like an old 70s movie, but it just kind of parodies, you know, what it's like to be a black person in, you know, uh, Hollywood. This is black, black people in, you know, high, high level literature. Uh, it's a writer that basically is like white people eating up some trash nonfiction that's like a faux black experience for for white guilt or whatever just as an overview but great film it's probably going to be on streaming soon 
It has some nominations for sure. But yo, definitely check it out. Taylor fell asleep during the movie. Of course, we already knew we we went to get like some drinks beforehand. The the waiter was like, yo, tequila shot. And we were like, oh, maybe. But we definitely gonna be sleep during this thing. So I had a coffee for sure beforehand. Taylor was out like a light. But the movie was fun. It was it was fun and entertaining. Um, some really good laughs. Um, definitely recommend. That's so funny because you you I, I have those similar recollections. I think me and Amber tried to do a movie uh, date night, like our first, you know, date night with after as parents. And it took like three tries. Like we didn't even get to the movie. We would just fall asleep like at home. Like, <laughs> and <laughs> like even you, that is you get a babysitter and, and that sleep just becomes shoots up like priority number one. You realize how little you've been sleeping. Yeah, but. So, so is that funny. is that a situation where you just hit up the grandparentals and you're like, uh, we coming through with this baby and dropping them off with you? Like, is it pretty straightforward? Is it pretty straight up? Like, you know, just, you know, hit the line. Like, are we coming through with this baby like 30 minutes or an hour notice? Or is this the type of thing where you got to, <laughs> you know, plan like two, three days in advance? Like, well, yeah, it. I don't know what what Hirsch, Hirsch, I don't you can tell us about y'all's dynamic, but. You know, I have a, a blended family. So Willow has, about, I guess, three sets of grandparents. You know, my, my parents are divorced and then there's Willow's parents. So everybody is vying for their time. You know, everybody wants a little time. So we have like eager, very eager babysitters. Oh, that <laughs> so, sounds lovely. So it, yes. doesn't, it doesn't take a lot. Um, so I'm really, really thankful for them. Like during the week while we're working, you know, I work from home, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I sometimes could be on calls like all day. So my mom comes or, you know, a couple of days a week, I take her over to Amber's parents. Dude, we are so, so thankful for that. It makes all the difference in the world to have like support, man, and community. It's everything. Definitely. Definitely agree. I mean, you know, people say all, all the time that uh, it takes a village stuff, but like it literally is like, yeah, we need a team of people to to be functioning like, you know, adults said, you know, we're professionals. We, we have, even though, like you mentioned, working from home, it's it's really critical to have you know, a couple of extra pair of hands. I was going to ask Will, so is this y'all's first or your your family's first grandchild? Because I think that yeah, may affect as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So this is, she's the first grandbaby. So that nice. definitely, yeah, it contributes a lot, you know, um, for for like Amber's parent, Amber's side and mine, you know, she's the first grandbaby. So, yep. So again, yep. salute to being the oldest, you know, we, didn't, we hadn't mentioned that, I don't think on the podcast, but all three of us happen to be the oldest child. I mean, I'm sorry, the seconds kind of get a little bit shorter into the stick, but hey, we don't make the rules. It, it is what it is. It, it is what it is. But we also, as the oldest, I think, get experimented on a lot. We'll get kind of get into the, the fears Hardened. and the worries that are always... Yeah, yeah. We become hard, hard, yeah, hardened by bad truly, parenting. Yes. Yes. We got all the, the best and the worst aspects of those early parents. So, but for sure, on my side, my parents, this is their first grandchild. So both my parents try to come over a couple of times during the week. Um, mostly my mom to kind of help, you know, with laundry, sometimes feeding the baby, um, and really just watching him during the day while we're trying to catch up on some sleep definitely helps. And because my dad doesn't want to miss out, sometimes he'll also drive over with her. Uh, even if he sometimes has to go to work later in the day, they'll drive separate cars. And I'll be like, damn, you guys are really dedicated to come see this baby, you know, 45 minutes, an hour away, um, which is love. It's, it's really exciting. And then on Taylor's side, her mom has two other grandchildren already, but it's been about 10 years or so. Um, but we we live a little bit closer to her. So I, I try to clear it in advance. I'm like, okay, you know, are we going to go do something 
or I'm, I want to take Taylor out to do something a couple of weeks in advance or whatever. Are you free to watch him this night? And, you know, we generally make it work from there. And it's crazy because even, you know, we'll not that we have problems with the baby, but he, you know, he'll be fussy or whatever. When he's with the grandparents, it's always super chill. They're always like, yeah, no, it was nothing. He, he never, he didn't cry. He didn't act out. He's asleep right now. What do you mean? And then right yeah. when he gets back, it's, well, those you know, grandparents are seasoned parents. They are seasoned, yeah. man. And you get to see it. You get to see it. Yeah. One of the, one of the coolest things for me was seeing uh, Willow interact with her, her granddads. That was really cool. You know, like those dudes just melt when they're around her, turn into <laughs> people I haven't met before. But it's cool to see, man. <laughs> it's, it's cool to see, bro. Like, how, how, was, how, was, how has that experience been like watching your parents parent a baby, you know, like kind of getting that perspective of what it might have been looking like when you were around? You know, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's kind of cool, though. For sure. For sure. Um, definitely agree. It makes me kind of jealous because I'm like, damn. And I know, of course, when when I was a baby, my parents showed all the love and affection that they had to. But even now, I'm like, y'all, y'all are calling me just for him. Like this is this is not even you know. You asking if he could come and play versus Bro. you know if we need anything. What, what what's that about? We yeah. We you, you show to, up dolo, they're like, ah. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually a problem. If if I were to show up without H five, there there would be truly an issue, and they. You know, they have all the questions for him. And of course, that's that's really important. I'm, of course, an adult now, self-sufficient. I think it does reflect, you know, well on them of like, OK, they produced me as a child that can now sustain myself and am supporting another. So they they have a uh, free reign to kind of do what they want. My dad has been already, you know, buying little toys. He got a uh, Falcons onesie for my son and uh, just just too excited. He We put it on him and he was already fussing and crying just like I do every Sunday. So already embodying the Falcons fan. Um, Truly, I'm sorry I had to do this to you, son, but, you know, you got to learn some trauma and some struggle in your life and you might as well start off now. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely exciting. Salute. It's a it's a blessing to have the parents, man. Um, And, you know, on RTBTH, we like to do the analytics, the, uh, you know, critical analysis and whatnot. Um, and I don't have any of that right now, <laughs> but <laughs> my intuition is that childcare is pretty expensive in the United States. You know, I don't know data and statistics, but I hear about this all the time, you know, so uh, I'm sure y'all would figure it out, you know, with or without the grandparents if they're around to take care of the babies. But it's a blessing, you know, to have them yeah, around as are the babies themselves. They're also blessings. So I can speak to this a little bit. Uh I, Willow is not in ch- in uh, childcare or anything or daycare or anything yet, right? Will correct, correct. Yeah, she's with the grandparents for now. We're we're delaying that as long as possible. Yep. it'll come, yep. you know, eventually. But yeah, yeah. that's definitely the goal uh, for us as well. So we don't necessarily. My mom is retired, but we, you know, you don't necessarily want to give a child that it is a full time job for you know a newborn or you know an infant at all for someone to be watching. That it that does kind of detract from what what it is they want to do. We've kind of worked out a bit of a contract for what, you know, my mom will come and do and here and there. But we've also started that daycare search. And of course, you want the best for your baby, but the best costs money, obviously. <laughs> but the disparities between, uh, so so for our daycare search, the disparities between what good and bad looks like and what, you know, of course is necessary for an infant, because there's all kinds of stuff that'll be teaching your baby Chinese and all kinds of different things. And it's like, oh yeah, this would be wonderful, but also this is not going to be useful or conducive to their success. In the long run, um, sure, it may, you know, fire some more neurons in their brain or whatnot, but we, you know, being education minded are going to encourage that type of growth and development on our own at home. So, what, you know, what, what is that balance of what we should pay for, what we shouldn't? 
I got to tell you guys about this one story of a, a wild daycare that we went to visit um, on our tour of daycares. We, we went and visited probably 15. And some of them are, you know, on different stages, different levels. I'm at, we're asking all the different questions, y'all, you know, taking vaccinated babies. What's going on? Do y'all know CPR certification? One place, you know, gave a little pause like, uh, yes. And we're like, uh, see that, mm. that with, pause. With, with and CPR? you have to be certified. Yes. For it, you have to be in, infant CPR certified. Most places, if you ask them, they're like, hell yeah, of course, absolutely. There's no way that we could not possibly. This one place hesitated and we were like, all right, so that's, that's already a problem. We, we know y'all running we some out. BS up in here. This, yeah, is, this is not, you know, where we want our baby. Of course, you know. You want to name some names, Herschel? What place was uh, this? No, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Uh, no, I'm yeah, naming them. At, down at the least tell me offline so we can strike them yeah. off the list. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Because, yeah, we, you know, you try to cast a wide net. We've, I think we've looked kind of even, you, you're not too far from us, Will even farther outside of the perimeter towards, you know, y'all all different directions. Really. We, we've been looking, we can chat about it for sure. More offline. There are some good ones. There are some less good ones, but there's one. And this, this is actually attached to a famous name. Maybe we'll get aggregated off this, you know, podcast going up, but I'm sure you guys are familiar with Carrie Hilson, the artist and writer songwriter. Um, she actually went to Emory Oxford. She ain't go to real Emory, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I didn't whoa, mean, really, excuse whoa, me. Whoa, sorry. I'm no, sorry. Main campus Emory. I'll say main campus Emory. Oxford and Emory is still Emory University. She did not get her associate's degree from there either. So that's where I'm giving her the shots, not necessarily uh, the rest of the school. The school is also great. Um, But so she and her family are also from Atlanta, Georgia, Decatur, Tucker-ish area. Her mother runs a daycare center in the area. Now you would think her daughter's famous. You know, we're not counting pockets or nothing, but you would think that there would have been some reinvestment into the family business or whatever. Taylor. My wife also knew them. We, we knew them. Uh, I also knew some of the family growing up and stuff through college or whatever. We go over to the daycare center. It is wild up in there. It looked like an episode of Hoarders. Truly. We come oh, in. Wow. You said Hoarders? Hoarders. Like there's all kinds of crap and toys and books and stuff st- stacked up. Oh, damn, you come bro. in the door. There's a flower pot, like a big, largest, you know, maybe like a foot and a half diameter flower pot on the floor. It's a turtle in the flower pot. On the floor. In the, like when you walk in. In front of the desk, turtle, like before the desk, and don't I'm like, babies yeah, so, like turtles? I mean, yeah, I love turtles, but also turtles on the floor in an open container. That's hey, turtles do you know promote disease? I'm, I'm gonna just be real. That water was not looking clean, even even in a big. You but know, babies love turtles. Turtle. They do, they do. <laughs> we we have one of those. Uh, it's like a thermometer for for the bath water, and that thing is a turtle. H five loves it. It's it's crazy. Oh, this. That's cool. <laughs> We'll get to the adorable baby things maybe on another podcast because they, boy, they'll sell you some yeah. stuff now. They I mean, but sell you stuff, some stuff. Boy, they got stuff. Straight turtle definitely sounds a little uh, shady. Little yes, but even there, they you know there were you know just all kinds of things like if they had taken like a weekend or and, and this business had been in place for over thirty plus years, they had kids and stuff in there. It was nap time, and then the kids were asleep. They looked you know healthy and you know. In, in good spirits, generally, one was faking sleep as we were doing our tour. A little boy was like, I'll see y'all over there. I'm like, all right, bro. This is <laughs> nap time for you. You don't, you need to <laughs> lay low, sir. But, you know, there, there were just other things of like, no, nah, we can't even really navigate through this because, God forbid, something falls down and, you know, hurts a baby or, or causes a worker or somebody to trip. You know, that's, that's a bad look. You don't want that to happen. And kids are, you know, just prone to bumping into stuff and making, you know, even at home, we we still have many things that we need to do to just kind of do more baby proofing and stuff like that. And when you're sending them to, you know, a professional care facility, you just don't want that. And it it just was was uh, 
astonishing to us that, you know, you, I, I know it has nothing to do with the music industry or whatever, but you, you, you're associated. Your name is on this. Hilson, the name is on there. We, we all can Google and look it up. We, we see what's going on. And I don't know if maybe this has to do with, you know, she had some, uh, Carrie had some things to say about the vaccine a couple of years ago. We're not going to relitigate any of that stuff, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, man, five. Yes. And, uh, 5G. 5G. So actually, before we even get into anything else, uh, since we're talking about this fatherhood podcast, all those people talking, and we, t- we mentioned it actually on this podcast, uh, years ago about the vaccine and how people had fears of it affecting their, uh, reproductive organs and things. Hey, listen, I haven't seen this many babies. Uh, and maybe it's because we're in the age demographic now where everybody's popping out kids, but it's been a boom. Part of that is, mm-hmm. of course, people staying at home and stuff, but ain't no way the vaccine had any kind of effect on people's reproductive uh, situations. And of course, you know, stuff. Well, was that a, was that a, yeah, what like Nicki a, Minaj say? The man's testicles yeah. swole up? Yes. Yeah. My, no, I mean, I don't know. I, I was good. Nicki Minaj was, was saying good, a lot Nikki. recently. Too. Yeah, she's been saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she's been saying a whole lot. <laughs> but nah, so yeah, that it, it's, it just goes back to, you know, the next time that modern medicine does a great thing, you know, finds a cure to some disease that's affecting the world and people start to question it, you know, obviously ask your questions, do whatever, but, you know, be reasonable. We need to understand that, you know, true scientists, uh, modern medicine, we're going to get, I think it's our next topic in a second. Salute to modern medicine. I mean, well, let me go ahead and and hop in this, in this podcast, because I have a lot to say as a non-father about fatherhood. Please. And, uh, (laughs) you do. Yes. But I will say real quick, I want to thank you guys for allowing me to achieve my truest form, which is Uncle Toon. Yes, and, sir. Uh, you know, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've generally hovered in that area of being a, a very well-respected uncle for many people. But now I can actually do so officially. Uh, but as as an uncle, I have another decree. The first, obviously, being that, you know, the fathers need to uh, be sober in solidarity with their wives. You know, my other decree is. Y'all got to stop with nap time. Always trying to put babies to sleep. Uh, we want to stay up and play. You're wild. We want to stay man. up and play. You're wilding, sir. And do stuff and hang See, out and play PlayStation. Y'all always yeah, talk about that's that nap uncle time. mentality. You're, you're, you're truly embodying it now. Of like, oh, no, do all this dangerous it's stuff. Not, or, it's not about being you know, uncle. It's about it. what we want. It's about what's <laughs> right. Baby shouldn't have to go to nap all the time. It's napping at <laughs> 12 and napping at 3. And then and then you you make him go to sleep early as hell. Like 6.30. Got to. Nobody's trying to go to sleep at 6.30. I'm putting hey, my man. foot right. down. I'm putting my foot down. And this this has to change. <laughs> Sign my hey, man, petition. It's, it's important. It's important to their cognition. Okay, let's, let's see how many baby signatures you get. Sign my you know petition that. on bullshit.com. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm rallying all the babies, man. We're tired of this. They they tell me, they tell me these they, things. Well, sound like they need a nap. Sound like they need a nap. <laughs> yeah. Stay tired. I don't know. I don't know if you were making it out correctly, Tom. They might have been telling you, no, 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 I want a nap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we yeah, want to play. So we we want to roll balls around and just yeah, do man, stuff. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm. Willow has reached this stage where she like fights naps now. Like she used to just sleep all the time. It was lovely. You know, you do so, a little bit and then next thing you know, she's asleep. You could do something else, wake her back up. But no, now she just wants to stay up and you got to, you know, really dedicate yourself to putting her down for a nap. We got to get the noise machine on and get the lighting right and the rocking chair. Because like, as you can see right now, she is turned up like she is grabbing every cord <laughs> that's coming out of my laptop or me. 
She's turned up, baby. <laughs> Sometimes you need a break, bro. You just need you just need like an hour or two in the day to like not be yep. on guard. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I'm advocating for the for the babies in this regard. Um, the parents, that's not our problem. Breaks. <laughs> oh, oh, as an uncle or as know, a as a baby. Parents needing naps. That's not our problem. This is a movement to play and do stuff <laughs> and hang out and chill and crawl and throw balls around and play with little turtle things. <laughs> Nah, we hear you, man. We'll we'll take it back to the the parents coalition and see if we can get a, a collective bargaining agreement going. But yeah, you know, I'm, no, I'm no just hope. gonna let you know you're gonna have a tough time selling this to the moms. You know, you might be able to get us dads on board, but yes. uh, the moms kind of they kind of chair the committee and uh, yes. they rule. You know, they rule with a bit of an iron fist too. So yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to reconvene with the baby coalition and see how we can maneuver this, but. Anyway, uh, you know, just I, I'm sure Uncle Toon will come up with a few more decrees. But yeah, man, I was just wondering, like, you know, devices, the babies have no understanding or conception of them, but they're addictive, you know. So is it like are you are you like noticing that the, the babies are just gravitating towards like, you know, just kind of like whether it's the lights or the sounds or something like they just are kind of already attracted to the devices. So little Herschel is probably a little too young for that stage yet. Um, when babies come out, and this is one of the things they don't, I mean, they do teach you, they tell you a million things. You basically are getting a PhD in babies, you know, downloaded <laughs> as they give them to you and, you know, kick you out the hospital. They're like, yeah, you know, just feed them every two hours. But sometimes they don't want to be fed all that often. And sometimes they're cluster feeding. So you got to feed them even more than that. But don't worry about it. You got this. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those <laughs> situations of like everything and nothing at the same time. But so babies can't see very far when they first come out. It's maybe like uh, it's in black and white and it's like, you know, they're just seeing kind of blurry motion. Their eyes have not fully developed. It may be like 11 to like 15 inches out or something like that. And as they grow, they can see a little bit better. They're starting to kind of recognize different things. So one of the things that, you know, people will give you or, or toys that they'll make for babies are like um, high contrast. It'll be a lot of black and white. Um, of course, you're trying to get them used to seeing numbers and symbols and letters and stuff like that. But they're not, they're reaching out for like anything and everything at this stage. Willow may be in that next phase where she's starting to see like, you know, they can see lights. They can see, you know, stuff flashing and, you know, that they're finding that kind of stuff interesting, things that are making noises and sounds. But yeah. it probably isn't until two or so where they're like, oh, that's a screen over there. And if I mess with this tablet right here, I can do stuff with the screen. And if I mess with it hard enough, new toys will show up at the door via Amazon. And that is a <laughs> scary, scary stage because, you know, people make all kinds of <laughs> this is a funny thing. Your Instagram is probably blowing up with kids stuff. Uh, will. Yes, bro. It's crazy. Uh, we got, me and Amber always talk about the algorithm and how it knows. It yes. knows that I'm bald headed because they're trying to sell me shavers all the time. <laughs> it knows that I'm a dad because there's babies all up and down my feed and products. It's crazy how much they know about us. But yes, yeah, that's that's exactly what my Instagram looks like. Yeah, yeah. So they they basically, you know, make all types of different things that are different stimuli for babies. A lot of it is BS. I mean, they've been, you've been, we've been, you know, figuring out how to do this for millennia. You know, they'll always sell you kind of a newer thing to be like, oh, this this will keep your baby's attention for such such or in, increase their neck strength or their eye movement or just different things that all I, I assume, you know, relate back to cognition and growth. But But no matter what, they're growing. Eventually, I'm sure, you know, we will make a cognitive decision to introduce screens. Um, we So it's it, it also is one of those like constant Cold War battles of like, okay, well, we want our baby to 
ideally just only have basically ideal stuff. Oh, we only want them to have breast milk uh, until it's like, okay, well, we don't have enough breast milk at this time. We'll, we need to supplement with formula or, or do something else. Or, oh man, you know, you don't want to give him a pacifier yet because he's not latching to the breast nipple or, you know, he's, he doesn't understand kind of the difference yet. But eventually it's like, okay, he's fussing. He needs this pacifier to pacify him literally. And then at that stage, it's like, all right, you know, hopefully he can identify the difference and it, it, it can be an effective maneuver. And it, it just becomes a constant battle of, okay, we don't want to introduce anything too soon so that it kind of messes with how they associate with, you know, technology or different things or, or what have you. Uh, you know, I, I mean, we watch TV. The TV is on. That's technically a screen. Sometimes I'll see him turn around like, what, what y'all watching? What, what's going on over there? There's no way he could see it from there. And, you know, we watch, you know, fun stuff or, you know, not kid related things. But he, you know, he can't comprehend that. But at some stage... We're gonna have to flip that switch of all right. We can't we can't be watching you know HBO basically with him in the room because he's gonna not even necessarily pick up on it, but it's it's just too much stimuli, to, you know, explosions and and bullets flying, and you know they can't necessarily comprehend you know what's what's happening there to to keep them calm. They're 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 gonna want to be excitable basically. Um, so we'll I know you you're seven months you know or six months greater into this experience than I have. Uh, have you experienced Willow kind of, you know, starting to cogn- cognitively identify not only screens, but just other stimuli around the house? I, you mentioned earlier she's grabbing everything. Yeah, yeah, man. She's in this she's in this into everything phase. So like like you were saying about their vision and stuff and how that develops, like, you know, we, we definitely had the high contrast cards and you move through like stages like zero to three months, three to six and then six plus. Um, and you know, they, they have increasing color and complexity. So we were doing that with her, but now she's in a phase where she loves toys that light, light up and play music, which she's probably would like right now, if not a nap. Yeah. So one of the things, you know, we're talking about that kind of lead up stage before fatherhood. I, I do think it's important that, you know, you take some personal time, you know, whether it's with your uh, significant other that's having the baby as a father or, um, you know, just with other friends and family or just just stuff for for you. So obviously I like to play video games. Definitely had to go ahead, cop the PS5 Slim that finally came out right before Christmas this year. So that was a nice little thing. So, you know, H5 will just kind of go to sleep and I, I get a chance to play the new Spider-Man or I've been trying to play the new Madden. It's trash. It's still trash. But, you know, I'm, I'm addicted. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I hate it. But also, I, I do love it. Uh, I was hoping the Falcons would be a little bit better, but you know, I miss my Matt Ryan, my Julio. I was playing Madden twenty twenty one for the past like five years, so it is what it is. Um, the other thing that I did this summer was I took this trip with my dad and one of my uh, or friend of the podcast, Justin, travel expert Justin. Um, this was a travel experience that we actually did to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, to the world's biggest air show which was super wild. It was, it was really lit. My dad is a, uh, a recreational pilot. So we got a chance to fly up actually into the air show with him. They have like time slots basically of like, all right, you got to come in the morning before, you know, shit gets crazy before we're doing air shows. Otherwise you're going to be in the air show. So basically <laughs> we flew that's in. That's fucking hilarious, man. If you like found yeah. yourself in the, and this is like planes, like zooming by you like, you know, yeah. flipping, you know, doing all the crazy air tricks and you're just like trying to do your little landing, you know, yeah. H3 is just like trying to, you know, remain steady and, you know, land this plane riding is that would, that that's just hilarious vision to me, but 
Yeah, it's and it's quite chaotic. Like they they do a great job. This is one of the few times when there's a different airport that's not that is busier than Hartsfield Jackson. Um, for this little week of you know, it's it's like five hundred thousand. It might be thousands of airplanes, not just people. It's several thousand people that are out there. But airplanes alone, not only military planes or whatever, uh, warbirds as they like to call them, which look dope as fuck. They are so cool. But also people's personal planes and stuff, and then just general general people kind of driving in from different areas of the country, road tripping, you know, RVs, uh, camping out, all kinds of stuff like that. But so basically we went up there for four or five days. We, we got a chance to park in like the, you know, vintage airplane section. And that's only because, so planes are, are, uh, set up by the year that the airfoil was built. Uh, my dad's plane was built in the seventies. So it's not no newfangled. It's, it's not a jet. Let's not get it twisted. We're not out here balling like that. But it is a cool thing of like, oh yeah, the family can jump in this four seater, go go visit, you know, Florida or Philadelphia or freaking Wisconsin. We we've done it. It's it's super exciting. It's, it's super chill. It's way better than you know going through TSA and all kinds of stuff. But it, it's it's it was a really cool experience. Uh, Tunde, we were actually talking about this one time many years ago. I want to say like 2016 or so. We went to an air show uh, here in Atlanta. That yeah, do you know uh, the name of it? Yeah, P- Peachtree to Cab uh, Air Air Show, PDK gotcha. Air Show, and there tragically was a crash that occurred because again, like you said, people are out there pushing the limits, you know, doing flips and all kinds of stuff, and you know, this is real machinery. This, you know, uh, one of the exciting things, of course, about it is, oh, these are somewhat death-defying events and stuff, and the yeah. engineering alone of like, oh man, you know, salute to the engineers, not only the pilots and stuff, but they develop these airplanes and these engines to be able to withstand some of the wild flips and tricks and fireworks shows and smoke and stuff shooting off the airplane, you know, airplanes freezing in midair, just, just defying physics, literally. It's pretty amazing. So um, there was a tragic incident, not only back then, but there were a couple of his incidents this year as well at this big air show. They have like Bro, these super what, light what airs. What is going on with these air shows? I'm, I mean, I'm looking so, it up. And like I found the, the one that um that happened in 2016, and you know I'll I'll link these in the show notes. But then like a couple other ones came up. I think for PDK, I'm like, bro, y'all got yeah. y'all crash like every year. Like it's not every year, but it happens. If you think about like the number of car crashes, and particularly fatal car crashes that happen on the regular, you know, it shouldn't you know dissuade you from going on flights for sure. I, obviously, I know that Boeing thing was in the news the other day of the the door blowing off. I don't know if that was a mal- malfunction for the actual engineer engineered plane. I know they're losing some stock prices for show cuz there's been a couple of Boeing situations that have been happening and I mean, it's nothing like a big headline that moves the needle for for money, but air travel is still the safest and best way to travel um 9 times out of 10 if you're going any distance more than really two hours driving. Yep, but you know, I'm saying the but. the air show, the the tricks and the you know the things that they do in the air is like like you said, it's death defying. But I, I figured yeah. there's there's an incredible level of certainty as to what you're getting into. But I don't know, is it is it yes. like kind of like a daredevil thing? Like you're really out Some, here risking it. But so it is highly regulated. I will say the FAA in general, like air travel in general, whether it's recreational, private pilot's license, instrument, or if you're doing commercial stuff or military, whatever, it is very highly regulated. Not only the airplane itself is like regularly getting checked. You cannot be out here flying. Every time you, you know, for example, you see a movie where somebody steals a plane, you know, Top Gun or uh, uh, Mission Impossible or some shit where they fucking finagle and get in that plane. That's not happening. 
I, it's not happening with you know some old rust bucket that's been sitting in a warehouse for a million years or whatever. That it, it just is not feasible. Um, there are too many different checks and things required to make sure that generally the pilot is not only the pilot is safe, but the people on the ground are safe as well. Um, we actually this this actually leads me into the next point about this particular air show. So obviously we're all black. Me, my dad, Justin, but we linked up with a bunch of black aerobatics pilots that were up there and aerobatics is air acrobatics as you know you might guess and there are only like six or seven of these dudes in the country that like professionally do this but they have a bunch of training that they do i might need to get salute to uh this guy i forget his last name mel mel the pilot is his name but he has this dope ass green plane that was actually featured while out there he's trying to get on with um the uh the uh uh, what's, what's Jay-Z's, uh, what's LeBron's friend's name? Who's the, um, agent? Oh my God. I can't remember this dude's name, but he's in uh, contact with like Jay-Z Mav and others just, just to get, yeah, Map Carter, just trying to get, uh, you know, just black, black wealth out here too. Cause it, the shows are, are incredible. It's, it's a good time. And just kind of showing that we as black people shouldn't, you know, shy away from such a thing as well. Sure. There are barriers to entry, like in all things, but there are avenues for sure into this. OBAP, uh, which is the Organization of Black uh, Aviation, they have a, a convention every year. This past year, it was in New Orleans. So each time we were up there running into other, other black pilots, it was one of those situations of like, oh, it's a, it's a group of black people over here. And then it would just kind of attract more and more black people. I have this dope picture of all of us kind of congregating around uh, my homeboy's plane. Very cool. Very cool environment and experience. Um, a lot of these guys are either ex-military they have these uh, slug club pilots meetings that they do every Monday night and, you know, young black pilots that are trying to get into the game, trying to either work for the military or work for the industry in, um, you know, for airlines and things where it is a very lucrative field, but it can be hard to get into. So help having kind of that mentorship to help navigate is super important. And they come back and they tell all these stories like, yeah, you know, racism happens, but this here's how you navigate. Here's how you, you know, just like everything else being black in America, you have to, you know, be 10 times better and, you know, make sure all your I's are dotted and all your T's are crossed. You can't come in with any kind of faults or, or different things because, you know, this is America, just just like anywhere else. But on top of that, you know, they'll talk about like, oh, man, you know, check rides where, uh, again, I mentioned the FAA is heavily regulating things. You always have these different tests and exams and just, you know, make sure you're on top of your game. And there was a story that was happening. Oh, man, you know, this one pilot, he failed his check ride. This uh, veteran pilot, this dude is retired. He was like, oh, yeah, failing check ride. That's nothing. That's like getting shot down. You know, I, you could do that and keep it moving. And we're like, bro, wait a minute. You can't move past the get shot down part. What, <laughs> what do you mean, sir? This, he said it's so casual sitting right there. And, you know, a million other, uh, you know, four or five, I'm, I don't mean a million, uh, four or five other black pilots that were in the room were like, yeah, you know, it ain't nothing. You know, just it's, it's part of the job, cost to do a business, do whatever. Getting uh, but shot very, down? Bro, getting shot down. Yes, out of his airplane. You know, he's, he pulled the shoot or whatever, and I didn't get a chance to get the full rest of that story. I've, I've gone to, you know, 15, 20 of these meetings over the past five, 10 years or whatever. But each time, it's a really good time. It's, it shows black excellence. Like I said, the careers of a pilot are incredibly lucrative. It is a tough um, job because you are literally traveling. It's, it's a thing that I could see, you know getting H5 into in the future. Obviously, he's a little kid, so we're trying to get him into, you know, airplanes and just different, you know, toys and different things like that. So his baby shower was themed airplanes. He's got, you know, all kinds of stupid stuff like that. Some of it is in commemoration to his grandfather, uh, H3, who's a pilot. But 
uh, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's just another avenue for an opportunity to have, you know, another career path that isn't often available to black people. But yeah, it was basically a dope picture or, or a trip that I got a chance to do with my dad uh, that, you know, just made me kind of reminiscent of like, okay, you know, this, this would be a cool thing that I would love to be able to do with my son. He wouldn't be able to, you know, have the same, you know, comprehension because kids obviously are still learning and growing. He, he probably would hate it, honestly, of just, oh man, we're walking around doing bullshit all day. But, you know, over time, eventually it becomes, oh, this, this was a fun thing. This is a memory that I get to have. You know, I, even now I think back to like even the stuff that I might not have enjoyed as much at the time, you can now kind of appreciate it. Like, oh, yeah, I got this time to hang out or do this thing that, you know, he enjoyed. I enjoyed. And Will, welcome back. Did you get a chance to think of anything that you got to do for yourself before Willow pretty much took over your life? You know, I didn't get to do anything quite as, you know, pointed maybe and sentimental as as your father-son trip, which I'm, I'm a little jealous of now, but um, I knew that my nights were going to consist of, you know, a different routine uh, once Willow was here. So I really did take my opportunities to stay up late. Like you said, play some video games, play some Call of Duty, uh, you know, um, explore different herbs <laughs> and uh, do some of that before oh, like oregano? she got here. Yeah, you know, basil, uh, oregano, uh, a little thyme. Uh, um, yeah, uh, all those herbs. Yeah, dill, you know, wonderful herbs <laughs> that, um, you know, you can do things with. That you so, can yeah, roll up into a blunt and smoke? Some some would say. Some would say. Definitely would say. Them oregano um, blunts be hitting. <laughs> spicy, <laughs> for real. But yeah, so I just kind of took a little bit more personal time because, like, I knew, you know, things would be shifting. Yo, but, so. So nothing major. Oh, good. You know, you got Father's Day coming up, so hopefully you'll still get a chance to do something for you. The family will show you some love. Um, yeah, Tunde, yeah. so while you were down here most recently in Atlanta, uh, we got a chance to, you actually explained this to us. Um, so if you could explain it again for the pod audience, but we were discussing basically when a child, you know, grows up and essentially, you know, we want them to understand that no matter what, they will be loved by their parents, their family. Um, could you kind of give us a, a, a spiel, a quick spiel on, on what, what we discussed? And I think we can get into how, you know, now that the kids are here, we're trying to embody that. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, obviously being a, a counseling psychologist in training and, um, you know, I've come across some concepts that have really resonated with me. One of them being unconditional positive regard. So a psychologist or a psychoanalyst, I guess, technically, Carl Rogers came up with this concept. So I'm actually on the APA Dictionary of Psychology website right now. So let me go ahead and read you a definition because that's what we do on RTBTH, redefinitions. Um, an attitude of caring, acceptance, and prizing that others express toward an individual, towards your children, irrespective of their behavior and without regard to the other person's personal standards. Unconditional positive regard is considered conducive to the individual's self-awareness self-worth, personality growth. It is, according to Carl Rogers, a universal human need essential to healthy development. And uh, yeah, so it's just like, like you said, ensuring and, you know, sort of, you know, ensuring that that your child knows that they're loved. And uh, I mean, I think that goes without saying, uh, but in the context of like psychology and human development, you know, Carl Rogers would argue that it's like, absolutely essential you know and unfortunately we see a lot of that 
not being provided for a lot of people and they end up in my office. But no, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's like kind of, you know, I'm thinking of it in, in very like psychological terms, but it's like, you know, in order for your baby to develop in a healthy way and have, you know, good coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms for difficult times in their life and whatnot, like, you know, that unconditional positive regard is uh, essential. And I believe I got that from my parents and, you know, I've met y'all's parents from time to time and I know you were showered with that kind of love. So, you know, just putting my psychological lens on it a little bit. So do you feel like, you know, if we were to deny nap time, would that play into the unconditional positive regard? Or would it be against Well, it? it's not about denying nap time. It's about not forcing us. And when I say us, I'm, I'm here representing the those that can't speak for themselves because they they're babies and they can't talk. Uh, but uh, it's not about denying. It's about using nap time for you. It's for, it's for you. Y'all are the ones that want babies to go to nap, nap time. Nah, nah, they want it to. And this is one of those things where, you know, I, I feel like it's going to be an interesting time figuring out, you know, of course, you know, as a parent, you're going to say no a lot. This is one of the conversations we kind of had. You had mentioned like, you know, you want to, and, and I kind of ascribe to this as well. Kids are going to ask questions. They're, they're curious. They are infinitely, infinitesimally, if that's a word, curious where, you know, not only are they asking questions, but they're just kind of figuring out like, okay, well, what does this do? What, what happens if I pull on this or I, you know, mess with this or, you know, is dad going to be upset when I break this thing? And of course, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But, you know, of course, having that unconditional positive regard means that no matter what they do, we would still, you know, love and, and provide all that they need. They, they should have that so that they can continue to be curious about shit within the world. But I would always challenge of like, you know, in answering all questions, mm -hmm. uh, my fear, my fear would be, you know, as, as a child, they don't have the cognition yet to kind of recognize and understand what logic is well, and well, what, what it means to kind of answer that. So, so as a child advocate, what do you say to me saying no, because I said so? Well, so uh, another Uncle Tune decree coming through, which is <laughs> a answer every single question your child asks you. That that is my uh, mindset, and when I have children, that's how I'm going to do it. You know, I'm obviously I'm not advocating for you know sharing with them anything obscene or inappropriate, but the whole like because I said so or because you know go to go ask your mom like. And I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't think that that's how y'all roll. Obviously your children are asking you nah, questions. Nah, salute to go ask your mother. Asking salute you questions to go ask your mother. Ask your mom. <laughs> but I, I, to me, yeah. it's actually for the parents. I can't wait for that one. Which is <laughs> to, for y'all to, to communicate complicated concepts on the level of a child. And it is, it's going to take a lot of, you know, bobbing and weaving and whatnot and, and, uh, mental gymnastics. But I feel like, you know, we should give children more credit to understand reality in the world and adult concepts than we sometimes do. And that can kind of uh, end up being like, a, oh, don't worry about it or you're too young or go ask your mom. <laughs> well, that actually does sound pretty nice coming out the tongue. Go, go ask your mom. Yeah, I like the sound of that. <laughs> it's got a ring to it, doesn't it? Got a ring to it. <laughs> let's, let's be real. They, go ask they your do dad. it as well. Go ask yeah. your father. Go ask your dad. Eh, I don't know. It doesn't sound as good. <laughs> go go ask that's, your mom. That's, that's really the trick of of no. I think that's you know I, I don't want to be a bad guy always. Mom's you know already t 
Taylor's like, oh, no, he's, you know, just having fun with you over there, huh? What's that about? And I'm like, no. You know, <laughs> true that. It's true just that. a thing that we have different dynamics. He still comes to you to be soothed. I had no matter how much I might, you know, do. And, so, you know, I, I have a pretty good success rate of getting them down. But, like, it's nothing like moms. It just yeah. it just is what it is. I feel that. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I definitely will do my best to answer all questions that Willow and Herschel have for me. Uh, and I will answer them. You'll be like, ask your uncle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All the existential questions, for sure. They're coming to you today. We FaceTime Uncle Tune. What is AI? (laughs) Well, you know what? Don't worry about it. Well, (laughs) that's a, yeah. Oh, see? So you're not going to answer? It's easy, easy. And work on it. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think one of the biggest things, you know, on top of, of course, answering their questions, showing that, you know, unconditional love. You know, we as parents are now in the mode of like trying to figure out and identify the best ways for them to grow and opportunities for them to succeed. That was kind of where my point about the whole Oshkosh and, and flight, uh, you know, becoming a pilot and, and, you know, different things like different avenues for them to have a successful life, be productive members of society or whatever, um, be free thinkers, do their own thing. They don't necessarily have to follow our, you know, the parents' own exact path, but be, be able to figure out, okay, this is my own path. This is what I like. These are, you know, different, unique and dynamic things. And, and if this doesn't work out, I still have my parents to rely on to come back to reassess, fig- figure that shit out. They, they've got a lifetime ahead of them. And that's a really beautiful thing to see. You know, of course, they're, they're blank canvases, but at the same time, they are getting infused with, you know, our own thoughts and feelings. My dad definitely had a conversation with me once I was an adult, like, yeah, I was an angry black man. And I was like, oh, is that so, dad? Really? Hmm, surprise. Wow. But, you know, as a kid, I felt like he he hid that re- relatively well from me of just being, you know, there and, and you know, uh, instilling me with, you know, new ideas or opportunities to to break stuff or, or learn or, or put thing, different things together. So, so, Will, have you thought about, you know, how you are instilling your own thoughts and mindsets or, and even, you know, your wife's thoughts and, and feelings into into Willow. How are you pouring yourself into Willow right now? Yeah, um, definitely something I'm, I'm thinking about a lot. I'm hoping that I'm not pouring so much of the answers to the test as much as the questions, you know? I want her to be able to be her own person and know that, like, me and her mom are here to support her. Of course, we put, you know, we're going to have some guardrails up. There's certain things that I'm sure will arise that will be, you know, Clearly not we're not going into, but you know, I I just want her to be curious and you know, talking about the unconditional positive regard, like I tell her I love her probably an insane amount because I just always want her to know that, you know, daddy's got her back. Like I'm here for her, no matter what's going on in life, you know, she she's always got me behind her. So I think that if I can if I can keep that consistent, you know, she'll be good. She'll be good. Cause that's how I feel, you know, with my parents, like, you know, they're always there. They've always been there and they always will be, you know, God willing. So, you know, that's just what I want to give her, man. Uh, but definitely not, I, I, you know, some people are like, Hey, you know, this is my mini me or whatever. Like, you know, no, I don't, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want a mini me. I want, you know, I want her to be her. And, you know, she's got a already with her personality blossoming. I see a lot of her mom in her, a lot of me. And I'm just like, I'm just overjoyed. Like, I'm not rushing it, but I'm super excited to see what she does do, what she takes to, like, what's her interest, you know? Because I remember 
we talk again about being the oldest, you know, um, I'm six years older than my um, sister and like 18 years older than my little brother. So I got to watch both of them grow up at different stages in my own life. And just remembering, you know, when they their personality will come through and, you know, around 10 and seven and eight or, you know, and then again, in adolescence, they're really starting to coalesce. I'm just excited. I'm so excited about like seeing all that, you know. But I do want her to stay a baby as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I definitely feel baby. you there. Well, uh, quick, quick, um, you know, I guess redirect, but this one's for Herschel. You know, Will, you're talking about, you know, int- having to have conversations with Willow that are complicated. And, you know, that probably is just going to have to play out over time as she matures. But I, I imagine one of them is eventually going to have to be racism. Uh, Willow doesn't know now, but she was born in America and well, you know how that goes. Obviously I, I think America is a great country, but it's, it has a, you know, like extraordinary, uh, horrific lineage in, in slavery and racism and whatnot. But I think Herschel, you maybe have had some experiences that were perhaps a little untoward. Um, you want to talk about it? Well, so this kind of gets into, you know, we were talking about uh, modern medicine and medical racism. Our experience in even kind of building up to the birth was that, you know, of course, you know, first off, you want everybody to be healthy, the baby and the mom, you know, dad uh, is secondary, obviously, to all that. But they they are where, you know, you're if, if your insurance covers and you're doing all the things, you got to go to a million doctor's appointments. And often there will be stories of, oh, man, you know, um, for us, at least, people would share their birth story and sometimes they would be a little bit traumatic, you know, most of the time ending ending in, you know, really good circumstances. But like, even without us asking, like, oh, we heard you're pregnant. All right. Well, you know, this what happened to me. So just watch out for this. So even there, you're kind of keyed into like be on guard for any type of things happening. We try to, of course, you know, stay informed ourselves. So one of the things that um, kind of went through our process during a routine trip um, my wife's blood pressure was elevated um, during a doctor visit. And now it wasn't to the point where it was explicitly considered hypertension, but also for doctors, what they consider hypertension and, you know, out of, you know, an abundance of caution, you know, may not necessarily be what it says, you know, in, in the literature. So you kind of have to come in, you know, being aware and, and kind of giving up some autonomy of like, okay, the doctor is recommending this. And we want out of an abundance of caution to make sure that everybody is uh, safe and healthy. Um, but they basically kept us at this doctor's office after a routine, routine appointment for four hours after the initial elevated heart rate and we're, or uh, blood pressure. And we're like, okay, you know, if we test this again and it's good, y'all could go home. And they did. And it was good. And we couldn't go home. They were like, no, nah, no, nah, you need to do another test here. Actually, it's a test on the baby. You know, we need to see... Um, practice breathing. Basically, they're looking for like, you know, movement in the nostrils and in the in the chest. They're looking at, you know, are, is the blood pumping? Well, just other cognitive tests. Is there motion, you know, within a minute, a certain number of motions? And there's like eight points. And they were like, okay, so if you get all eight of these points and it's, it's even though there's eight points, it's like, yo, if you miss any of the eight points, nah, you stand. Um, lo and behold, we got all the eight points and the person that does the test leaves the room. Doctor comes back and is like, yeah, so, you know, your blood pressure was good. The tests were good, but y'all still not leaving. And we're like, wait, hold on. So this is after know, four even hours though, yes, yes. So, and, how, you how know, it's a doctor's time? office. You're always, you know, you're, there's a waiting room. You're always waiting. That was just 
after they did the test, we waited four hours. There was still like an hour or two oh. on top of that. You know, we're just at the doctor. And we don't have any offices stuff. are always freezing too. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so and I mean, we had a blanket or whatever. They we had made them get like two extra blankets. It, it, it'd be like that sometimes. But essentially, you know, we got our hopes up to go home. And you know, even in general, you're at a doctor's appointment. Sometimes they can be stressful. You know, we we're experiencing this burst for the first time. There is reason to believe that that could cause your heart rate to be elevated. You know, it, it just kind of is a part of the process. So again, that four hours, hopefully it comes down. Um, even though it did, they decided to keep us there. And then, you know, we're in panic mode at that point. Even though we've had the nine months to kind of build up and kind of mentally and physically prepare, you know, we still were thinking, oh, yeah, it's a couple couple weeks out. We still have, you know, stuff to schedule. We haven't, you know, necessarily finished all the things that we wanted to do. We had a date. We had a date plan. We were going to go see that movie that we didn't see until a month later. Um <laughs> And we had to cancel all that. Thank God we had our bags packed. Uh, so once, you know, my wife was able to get to the room where we were expecting to deliver from, uh, I was able to have another family member come stay with her, go get all the stuff that we need for this hall in the uh, hospital, and then um, come back and just kind of ride things out. But uh, we had multiple experiences through that with Black doctors, white doctors. I expressed some of this even, you know, even through our, you know, goings on of pregnancy with Will of just like, and, and, you know, to betray a bit of a secret, Will's wife is an OB. So having her on the team of like, oh, yeah, we could call and ask questions like, yo, because this is stressful. We don't know what the fuck is going on. This is all brand new. And like I said, every baby is different. Every body is different. Medicine is kind of, you know, an art. Uh, salute to H three who kind of dropped that gem on me of like, yeah, they're you know it's it's called practice for a reason. They're they're trying to figure it out. They're listening to cues of the body, but that doesn't necessarily mean you know everything is going to respond in an immediate or timely manner that you know necessarily works out for our quote unquote schedule. Um, that baby is coming when it's coming. Sure, there are things you know we we did induce, which you know kind of starts that clock of the baby coming, but it is really imperative particularly as black people to one, make yourselves aware two to advocate, ask a million questions on any and everything. That's really hard to do because again, with babies, there's a million different things and every little thing means something different. And, you know, there are all kinds of thresholds and, 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 and different things that kind of happen um, that, you know, change your plan. You all, you can come in with a plan, but it, it is inevitably going to be, ch- be changing. So being, Able to be flexible in that moment is also really, really important. Um, thankfully, we also had a doula um, during our time of pregnancy, which was able to help us with, you know, just it, it was it, it was like classes or conversations that we got to have of either making the birth plan, having kind of a secondary birth plan just in case. Okay, what you know, do we want an epidural or just conversations you don't want to have when you're pregnant and in pain and it's it's harder to have those conversations and, you know, you're at least able, you know, in the buildup, even though they're difficult, you can kind of get a chance to wrap your brain around it and, and be prepared in advance to, to the extent that you can be prepared. And, you know, again, I want to say salute to the doctors that helped us. Some doctors and nurses were a little less helpful. I'm not going to call anybody out, but somebody, some were also really great. There was one nurse uh, salute to Valencia. I'll give her name because she was awesome. She stayed the night with us. The shift change was happening at 7 a.m. H5 was born at 7.17. That nurse was like, nah, I've been here all night with y'all going through it. I'm staying to make sure this black baby gets up out of here. And she oh, stayed and it was a great delivery. 
and um, they they were in transition with the team. The next team was like poking their heads. It, you know, it's it's even there. It's a bit of chaos. We heard other babies being delivered throughout the night. Some folks literally next door that didn't have an epidural were screaming bloody murder. And even that is like okay. This is adding stress to our, adding burden to our experience, even though it's totally different. They made their own choices or whatever, but we can hear them down the hall going crazy. Truly like, you know, horror movie type, you know, screaming and it's, it's pain, you know, so I'm not a mother. We, we, as men will never go through that. But if there are any ladies listening to the pod, Hey man, just get that epidural. You're not proving anything to anybody. It's, uh, it's a battle with yourself. You, you still did all the stuff. You did all the stuff. You are still awesome. Like we said up top, salute to the moms. But, you know, there's modern medicine, man. We, we're here. We're here for it. You know, we advocate for it. Uh, salute to the epidural doctor who also came in to do the right thing. But even, you know, there were just there are always just kind of minor complications. You know, the mom needs to listen to her body, you know, and advocate for herself. Of, oh, no, I'm in pain. This this IV feels like it's in wrong. My, my hand is swelling up. Things things are happening. Things are happening. And you we as the fathers have to also be vi- vigilant and advocate. Like if you need to chase yeah. a doctor or a nurse down. And get somebody up in here to do what it is they need to do at 5 a.m., 3 a.m., you know, 1 p.m., whenever you got to do that. It's, it's you know, there there is no easy mode, you know, it, it just is what it is. But, you know, yeah. overall, we had a great experience. Um, Will, if you wanted to share any of your experience, feel free. But that that was some of ours. Yeah, no, bro. Thank you for sharing that, man. It's 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 playing the game on hard mode, bringing a black black baby into this world, man, with all the issues in the medical field, the the risks with, you know, black maternal mortality. So, man, you know, again, I'm just super thankful and glad for, you know, both of our um, wives that, you know, they were able to do this. And it, it, it you know, there, there may have been hiccups, but it all, all came out well, you know. I'm glad that Amber was able to be a resource to you all during that time. Um, was definitely, I was definitely, you know, I didn't have any medical expertise to land, but I was praying and <laughs> just thinking about y'all a lot. But yeah, man, our experience was, was a little different. You know, we had a, we had a planned C-section from the outset. So yeah, but you know, so we had a planned C-section. So I, as you were talking about like hearing like other deliveries through the night while y'all are in labor or whatever. And, and that I'm like, oh man, that was probably, that was probably horrifying. Cause we just kind of, we, we, we were able to show up, you know, 6am. I was the dumbest man alive. I got 30 minutes of sleep that night because I'm just up doing stuff. Like oh, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. Put this together. Oh, I didn't do that. Oh, you know, just running around, get 30 minutes of sleep. I think sleep. that's what you call nerves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nerves and stupidity. But anyway, so I'm running off pure adrenaline, two cups of coffee and just nerves, like you said. And, but it it, it was amazing, man. Like, the, the actual birth experience was pretty smooth where we had maybe, you know, some complications was afterwards. And, and you know, just echoing all you said about being vigilant, listening to your body and, and, and being an advocate. You know, we were monitoring um, uh, mother, the mom's, you know, Amber's blood pressure at home after, um, you know, we had the baby. We were home for a couple of days and it was it was getting back elevated, you know. So we went on back to the hospital, you know, kind of in the middle of the night, had to just decide, hey, we need to go. Like, it's time. Like, we're going back. And, you know, we, we got admitted again. But, you know, thankfully, no major complications. They were able to manage it because um, the nurse told us, you know, you did. You came in at the exact right time. Like, if you had waited any longer, things could have been, you know, different. So, yeah, man, it's it's 
it's a lot. It's a lot. But it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth it. I think I think Amber would say the same. I don't want to speak for her though. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. Um, so in thinking about, you know, we're talking about all this responsibility we have as parents. We talked about some of those uncle responsibilities, Uncle Toon throughout there, you know. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about this. Your own own experience as, you know, you used to be kids growing up and whatnot, and now, you know, two out of the three of us have kids, but uh godfathers. I don't know if this is an antiquated thing. I don't know if people still do this. Some people still do this. It wasn't until I was grown that my dad was like, oh, yeah, no, nah, you had a godfather. He's, you know, <laughs> one, one of my dad's friends uh, from medical you, school you and whatnot. Know? I mean, I kind of knew, but like he wasn't he wasn't around like that. He, he they moved to D.C. and some other stuff happened in his life that, yeah. you know, was was unrelated. I, I did have a godmother and I didn't know. I just assumed it was my aunt. I still call her my aunt to this day just because. Yeah. You know, whatever. But anytime I was in town, she also lived out of town. But anytime I would visit my, her in Miami or visit the city of Miami, she'd be like, "No, nah, you coming to see me? I'm taking you out." And by the way, here's a little hundo. What's good? What you, what you need? You know, what's and at that point, I was growing. This this happened when I was a kid, but also like as an adult, like, oh yeah, no, I'm 21, and you know, hitting the streets. What's up? And she she would still show all that love. She's continued to show that love. Of course, now that we have a child, she's even more excited. But wanted to know, you know, did you guys? I, I don't know if this is a you know, an experience in, you know, African, African upbringing Tunde, if if you have any thoughts on that. Um, and then Will, what did you guys do uh, with Willow? Um, Tunde, if you want to go first. Yeah. I mean, I never, I don't, I don't recall having like an official, official godparent. I mean, I, I can't speak for other Nigerians, but I don't think it's common. There could be like another concept that was sort of like, or an, a, another like label that would so- be similar, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think like aunties and un- uncles and friends of your families of your parents are automatically aunties and uncles. So you know, the auntie and uncle culture could be pretty, pretty significant for Africans. So I think that probably is in place of a, an official godparent sort of situation. But but what what is what is a godparent? Exactly. So essentially, uh, and this is not necessarily an official definition, I, I, and I think it has changed. That's the thing. I think it, it used to be much more common of a thing when maternal or, or just m- mortality of parents, you know, orphans kind of were more of a thing or, or more common, more common than, than it is now. We've entered a stage in society where, you know, you're not necessarily hopefully having that type of thing happen, but a godparent would be someone who would kind of take over responsibility if God forbid something were to happen to the parents, but often, like you said, it's it's friends of the family uh, or friends of the parents that you know you kind of deem as responsible adults themselves. Um, my godparents, neither of them had kids. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but even then, you know, I've, Taylor has been asked to be a godparent of all kind of kids just because people see her as a responsible adult. Um, and even in that, they pulled me, and I was like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'm supposed to be this child's godfather. You just know us as responsible adults. You must got some other important folks in your life. But, you know, not not that that, you know, has anything to do with it. But I feel like it, I brought this up because I feel like it may be a thing that's kind of dying out with millennials as we, you know, experience society differently as, you know, one grandparents, not, not the grandparents were ever not so much involved, but we're seeing more you know, families extended where, you know, depending on when you have the child, the the new parents are, you know, a lot more closely associated with the grandparents. 
Um, you know, the housing in America has kind of shifted to where people are living at home a little bit longer. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I, I was really curious about y'all's experience just because even, even in my own, I didn't know my grand, my godfather all that well. I like, I was aware of him, but that was about it. So, so Will, did you have a yeah. godfather in your life? Yeah, mine was kind of the same, you know, like I knew who he was, you know, one of my, one of my one of my dad's you know good friends or whatever and his wife but um you know it wasn't a super close relationship like you know what I'm saying so yeah so we've talked about it for Willow but we haven't pulled the trigger and I guess I guess that's kind of one of those things you have to have in place by that like they're a year you you or or not maybe not so we definitely want to get her dedicated and stuff like at church you know christening but I'm not sure well, what to do godparent. Let me ask uh, H4 a question uh, that might be a little bit um, interesting. But I mean, I, I, the, the definition of a godparent is someone who, I just looked it up, is responsible for the religious education of the child. And I guess if you're, if you're Catholic, like it, it, it's like a much more formal kind of like thing. Um, with that being said, is H5 being raised as Christian, H4? Well, not really sure. It's more of like a, I mean, he doesn't know anything yet. I think we're going to introduce him to all things, you know, at the same time, let him kind of make his own decisions. We've, so in, in childcare, in, in some of the discussion we've had, you know, there are Christian schools around that are also mm-hmm. really good. And uh, my wife and I have talked about that. I'm like, okay, you know, this, you know, these are similarly family oriented and more affordable sometimes than other schools. And it's, I mean, it's some expensive Christian school wise. They they do a lot, but um, I think that there are some good values, you know, that are introduced to kids at a young age uh, that got introduced to me. But Mm -hmm. I think that you know, like Will had said, making sure that you know they're being free thinkers to kind of you know make their own decisions on on what works best for them, what's comforting for them beyond you know just us being parents. uh, How can we make sure that you know they are grounded in you know the same values, you know, my wife and I technically, I guess, have different uh, religious beliefs, but we share all the same values, mm-hmm. which is what makes us, you know, the most compatible as, you know, husband and wife and now, you know, mother and father. It's going to be a debate always, but I think that's kind of also the beauty of having a child where they get to make their own decisions and decide, like, you know, I value math and science. What happens if he doesn't value math and science? You know, are we going to feud forever or am I going to have to kind of re- you know, reconfigure my brain to see, okay, how, how can I best connect with him? What is it that he likes? Maybe there are interests that, you know, my wife has that I have less of. We have similar interests, but, you know, making sure that you're not, I, I don't want us to be, obviously I want us to be strict. I, I actually do. I, I think <laughs> him growing up thinking, like, oh no, my parents are strict. They're not, they're not playing that. I'm not going to be out here, you know, while in the running streets. I, I think is those that, are positive. Is values, that how you felt but, about your parents? Did you I thought my like, mom was hey, strict and I, strict. They don't play that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then for my dad, it was like, oh, no, I, can, I could probably get away with some more stuff. Like we, we, we're going to wild out a little bit, see what happens until, you know, there's still a line. There, there were two lines. One for mom was like, nah, this house better be clean. You, you better have taken the chicken out the fridge well before, not when she pulled into, into the driveway because it's too late. By that point, that happened to me many a times of just like, hey, oh, man, damn, I got to say, I understand that one a lot better at this age. Yeah. If you've ever forgotten as an adult to take the chicken out, it's your whole evening. Just fuck now. Oh, yeah. Just fuck. Not so eating until 9 p.m. 
I can see it's it. It's over. You coming home after a long day and all this knucklehead had to do was take the chicken out. Yeah, I can see it now. Sorry, yep. mom. My bad. Yep. Yeah, Herschel, yep. man. Yeah, I didn't. I appreciate your answer, man. I'm, I wasn't trying to, you know, co- coerce you into talking about anything too sensitive, but I know that um, you are maybe not like fully uh like i mean well it. you're atheist you're atheist yep. yeah we we talk about it on the podcast you know so i can understand you know there could be some and so even tension. then I'll, I'll cut you off there i'll cut you off there because even then it is always about communication any relationship you're in and it just becomes that much more communication you have to do for the child it's already crap that i forgot with the child like, you know, not necessarily forgetting him anywhere but like i misplaced the pacifier one time and yeah, we had like 10 more, but he has a favorite at this time. And it was just a whole thing. I'm just like, damn, I got to, you know, oh man, how could you? She wasn't yelling at me, but it's, it's also a hormonal thing of like, you know, especially early on, you can't do anything right. It just, it just is going to be like, oh man, you know, this is not time to prevent. Like he, he's upset. You know, there's nothing we could do about how upset he's going to be or get. But, you know, we're all running on lack of sleep and frustrated. And I think, you know, not only is it communication there, but throughout, you know, his life and growing up, we're going to have to continue to stay on top of communicating with each other on how all these things play into himself. I, growing up, got to witness my parents, you know, argue about all kinds of stuff. Sometimes I realized, oh, they're arguing about me. Sometimes, most of the time I didn't. And that's, that's not to say it was a bad thing, but it'd be like, oh man, you know, he forgot to do this and you didn't check up and whatever. So making sure that, um, uh, making sure that, um, you know, they are on the same page as it relates to me, the child. And then, you know, in transition, we are on the same page as it relates to him becomes, you know, super pivotal and critical to his growth, his understanding, even that, you know, condition, unconditional, uh, positive regard, because it's going to be arguments. It's going to be disagreements. We're going to have all types of things where, um, we just don't have the same thoughts or beliefs of on how to best approach a thing. And, you know, as a dad, sometimes I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, he'll be fine. He, he could do this somewhat dangerous thing. And a lot of times I'm going to be wrong. And other times it'll be, nah, he should, you know, there, there are safer or, or better ways to do this. And it, it, it just is, it's life. It, it's going through life. Uh, it, it reminds me of times when, you know, I did some stupid stuff and got hurt as a child. And, you know, they're both in parenting mode at that point. But the argument of, oh, man, if we'd have done this, 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 he might not have gotten hurt or whatever. You know, that that doesn't do any good except for the next time of, you know, learning and, you know, understanding how kids are, are going to move and interact and and, you know, stuff like that. Well, uh, I'm a, I'll go ahead and, you know, share a little something of myself uh, that might be a little controversial, but would be the first time on RTBTH, which is uh, and probably why I'm not a father yet or part of why I'm not a father is I, I, I'm not I'm too strong. Oh God! Uh, is it the opening doors for women thing? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> hey, don't, don't, don't we can talk about don't, that. Don't I even try to pull it. I, I open doors for every single woman at, at any time that I possibly can. I'm rushing to, to doors. Please, I, I've changed my uh, yeah thinking on that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't think that I'll be doing any of the Christianity or anything with my child. And as much as I can, you know, eliminate it is is really what I want, you know, and that might be like a hard line, you know, and I think uh, perhaps that kind of 
complicates the dating game, you know, like, especially if you want to take it seriously and you want to potentially talk about getting married and having children. But, you know, I've expressed my feelings on the podcast before, you know, go ahead and check out the Maya Coppola's podcast. You know, I have a lot of respect for religion and Christians and all people who practice, you know, but uh, as I said, on all the religions, day, not just them. Yeah, all religions for sure. You know, but on the Maya Culpa's podcast, I was just talking about how like, for me, Christianity was always kind of like I had like a little bit of aversion to obviously being growing up as Christian. That, that's the main reason why. But uh, but yeah, like I am, you know, pretty much. I mean, honestly, if I can get away with not celebrating Christmas, I, I'm all for that. All right. So you're wilding. <laughs> that's the thing. When you have a kid, it's, it's really important for them to just like it's, it's just a celebratory thing. It's just like, you know, more stimuli and. You know, there there are other. It's community. Yeah, yeah. You're you're building community. The Christmas, these holidays are for the kids. That that's really what it becomes. You know, you kind of learn that a bit more. Who doesn't love getting? I, stuff, I'm just an unhinged liberal trying to cancel Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, you are. You're the, you're the guy who they were talking about on Fox News. <laughs> right. Anyway, so um, I mean, the great know podcast. You know, I have I have one more question for y'all, man. I've been thinking about this one for a little bit. You know. So <laughs> inevitably, the babies are gonna end up listening to this podcast, and they'll be like, "What the fuck was wrong with never? That? They'll with never listen fathers. to these. Never. <laughs> They're already sick of all these baby pictures and the pictures of our parents and stuff. I already realized, like, because my wife and I have taken a lot of different, you know, nice pictures and things, and we're like, oh yeah, we can't wait to show them and stuff. They are gonna be over it. Imagine, because you know, <laughs> you think about it like, oh man, you know, other people might think that you know your parent or family, like I, I assume Tom Brady's kids don't think he's the king. I mean, they think he's pretty cool, but they still like have gripes and are upset and issues right. with him. Unlike you know how the rest of the world thinks about it, they they could care less that that man has six rings or whatever. They Bruh. they want to know what time is lunch. You don't think H five is gonna go back through the discography of RTBTH? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely, because really? I wouldn't. If my I think dad H five is gonna be a real Potter, bro. I think he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna be a real Potter, man. He's gonna, he's gonna eat this up, and he's gonna, he's gonna take it even further. That would be dope. Well, H five gets a, a moniker before yeah, we wrap up be the podcast about you on his own on his own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's that's exactly what's gonna happen. He's gonna have one this called mother <laughs> sonhood, but but H five will go ahead and Christian him with the with the moniker the Podson. Of RTBTH. Mm. <laughs> I like it. The pod son. Yeah. And uh, I guess pod daughter might, you know. Willow could be the pod daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you the pod daughter. <laughs> uh, so one more question, fellas. You know, so maybe H5 and Willow may not listen to this. I don't know. We'll see. But what do you want them to know, man? What What is that thing that you want to just, you know, put it out there and, and you want your children to know now? You know, but they obviously can't understand. But when they can't understand, what do you want them to know later, too? Uh, I thought about this the other day. Um, so I had so I think we had this conversation today when you were here. You were like, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, once you have a kid, you're basically just dying until, you know, you just count Yo, down to your death. That, that, was, that's what. Oh, I forgot one moniker. Uh, the, the ATL sports expert parodies ATLP. Um, yep. he told us that he said that he was like basically just counting down the days until you die, which doesn't doesn't yeah. make fatherhood sound too great. I'm sorry, we're, we're already doing that, man. You're already doing that as you know. Once Does you hit 18, is basically was he speaking from experience or? Yep, yeah, he's he's got oh, wow. kids himself. So, but yeah, I mean, you, that was an extreme take. I disagree with that take. First off, but basically, uh, I say that I start that off because you know I grew up 
I, I had a lot of dreams, like literal dreams of, you know, at night I'm sleeping and like wild shit is happening, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, figurative dreams of, okay, I want to have goals. I want to do stuff when I grow up. And, and, you know, even to this day, I'm dreaming about, you know, wanting to elevate and my dreams now, my figurative dreams now involve my son just grow, growing up and doing and being the best that he could be and all kinds of stuff. But I also have dreams at night that are nonsensical and all kinds of stuff. But I think that those things are coordinated and I would love to instill in my son, like, hey man, never stop dreaming. So, you know, whether it's while you're sleeping and, you know, I'm watching him like moving and oh, like, yeah, what are you, what are you thinking in there? What, what's going on? What, what's happening? You know, you eat the good dreams, the bad dreams, whatever. But then also, even, you know, now that I have a son, it doesn't mean that, you know, the the goals and things that I have stop. I've seen my dad, both my parents, you know, continue to achieve and do dope things. I don't think like parodies was saying that your life stops and you just start counting down <laughs> to death once you have a child. I, I think, think he had a little bit of a cynical take. I'm sure he's yeah. basking in the joy of uh, parenthood sure. as you are. Yes. But uh, yeah, never stop dreaming, son. Man, that's deep, man. So you're saying that your dream dreams and your sleep are interrelated with your like intellectual aspirational dreams? Is that what you're telling us? Well, they don't have anything to do with each other in that like they're about different things of, you know, just ra- the randomness. They, sometimes there'll be, like, oh yeah, you know, before our wedding or even after sometimes I have weird dreams about that or like, oh yeah, we're going on a cruise. Oh, okay. Well, this is a weird, like, you know, even as a kid, you know, you'd have like school dreams or like, oh man, I missed the bus or some shit like, oh, I forgot to do my homework, whatever. But I think the cognitive aspect of like, oh, I have, I'm having these dreams. My brain is doing, you know, the gymnastics of, you know, going through experiences, whatever's happening during REM sleep. And I'm, ha- I'm definitely having them less now that I'm sleeping less as a parent. But, you know, the other day I had me another dream and it was weird and stupid and, you know, nothing happened. It was just craziness, you know, but. I like to reminisce on them and think, you know, in the morning, even for a little while, I don't know if I want him to, or me or him to have a dream journal. Maybe that, that could be a cool thing, but like, you know, I'll tell my wife, my dreams and they don't, they don't ever often make any sense. I'm not saying that they're connected to anything, but I think that that cognitive exercise is great. And that's what I want to instill. And that's what I think aligns with you having, you know, real life dreams and goals and aspirations. That's what I think. Uh, is is positive and and hope that he can embody. Yo yo, that's, that's really dope, Hirsch. You I heard like it here first for the first time, Herschel the fifth. Never stop dreaming. <laughs> yeah, I'm guy. gonna tell you in a minute, son. But you're not gonna remember until <laughs> you listen to this podcast. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, on my end, um, I think that what I would like Willow to know or to grasp, I guess, about life or anything is just um, as she you know gives us some background feedback um it's just get it right dad do your best to do your best and you don't have to have it figured out like so many stages in my life i was always thinking about oh well i have to do this because this is next and this and that plan always changed and however i've ended up exactly where i feel like i need to be you know so like i think yeah I think that <laughs> she as she she agrees, or maybe she disagrees strongly. I'll I'll hear in a few years, I'm sure. But um, yeah, yeah. Just I just want her to know, you know, do your best at the stage you're at. You don't have to have the whole thing figured out because as long as you're getting something out of the present that you're in in life, the future's gonna fall into place. You know, that's that's really what I what I would give to her right now. All yeah, right, well, that, yeah, that, that is a great word just for anyone to hear. But yeah, man, that's that's beautiful, wonderful, man. 
So without further ado, I think that wraps up our at least the very first fatherhood pod. Uh, appreciate you, Will, for joining. Appreciate you, Willow, for joining. Special guest <laughs> H5. He's, yes. he's out now, but thank you. Thank you for you having know. us. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe um, after Willow gets in a few couple NBA games under her belt, um, watching alongside father, you know, we can have all of us back on the podcast because there's some heat in the NBA. Matter of fact, go ahead and lock oh, yeah. it in. Let's make it happen soon. Otherwise, yeah, great podcast, Podfathers. All right. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, we're going to go play now because somebody has been um, very active during this whole recording. So thanks for y'all's patience. But um, yeah, man, I just want to congratulate Hirsch and Taylor again. Uh, you know, the pod father over here and the pod mother uh, raising the pod son. <laughs> <laughs> best of luck best of luck man happy to be doing big, this big podcast energy in that household we couldn't do it without without uncle tune you know yep. bringing in his perspective hey look i don't know about that nap time take uh <laughs> you, you see you have to workshop mm-hmm. that a little bit but uh i'm listening <laughs> hey look i am the the voice of the babies playstations <laughs> no nap time and lots of turtle stuff <laughs> All right. We're going to work on those first. things. You heard it here first. All right. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Hashtag RTPTH. Real talk beyond the headlines. We out. 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 We out